Hi, I'm Danny Black, and welcome to the At Sports Vault podcast. On this podcast, I will be talking sports cards, collectibles, memorabilia. I'll be interviewing hobby guests. I will be talking about my own thoughts. I'll cover regular sports that relate to the hobby. That's the fun part. More importantly, I want you along for the ride. So click like and follow for more content, and I hope you enjoy the episode. Well, hello, and welcome back to another edition of the Sports Ball Podcast, uh, simulcasting now on several different channels and uh, podcast everywhere. So thank you for listening and the likes and uh, all the great comments uh, this past week. Uh, excited today to have uh, Brian Dwyer, president of uh, Robert Edward Auctions, REA, uh, as everybody in the hobby has probably heard of them, but we want to learn just a little bit more. Um, and also, uh, as somebody who has dealt with auction houses in the past and had to uh, learn kind of the process, I thought we'd talk to him a little bit about what to expect. And, you know, maybe if you have something in the attic, or you're not sure what to do with it, uh, we can, you know, find out what's a good item to bring to auction and uh, answer some of those questions. So uh, without further ado, let me bring in Brian. Hey, how you doing? I'm good. Thanks, Danny. How are you? Fantastic. Let's make us a little more reasonable. Um, I, well, first of all, thank you so much for being here. I'm a big fan of what you guys do. And um, you in particular have, have such a, a fresh energy and, and, you know, have really seemed to uh, uh, take the hobby with this passion and enthusiasm. And uh, that doesn't come by accident. That's not the type of thing that you can fake. It's, uh, you can't start working at a, you know, a clothing store one day and come into the hobby the next day and match the passion. So uh, let, let's just take a step back. Uh, your, your hobby uh, world started, uh, I understand, on, on eBay uh, back in the day. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I really owe a lot of my uh, hobby progression to that early start I got on eBay. Um, you know, like most people, I started collecting baseball cards when I was five or six years old, but I discovered eBay as a teenager and I just became enamored with the idea that I could be a kid in upstate New York and sell cards that were duplicates for me to a guy in Florida, buy a card to finish my set from a guy in California. And, uh, and I just loved it. And I didn't have the opportunity to go to a lot of shows as a kid, uh, there weren't that many in my area, but now I had a show every day, basically, with eBay. And and I really loved it. It helped fill out my collection in those early days, started buying and selling. People got to know me as the baseball card kid, and uh, I'd sell cards for them. So eBay eBay really got that fire burning inside of me and and took, you know, I loved, obviously, the baseball card and the collecting part of it, but learning about the buying and the selling aspect of the business, which is a significant part of this industry. Um, I got to taste that at, at a young age and I, I realized that I really, really enjoyed it. You mentioned uh, the ability to add stuff to your collection. Now, I know a lot of what you were doing were buying and selling, but you know, kind of when you were younger or, or when eBay w was around, who, who were, were you collecting? I mean, what, what, what would be the hardest thing for you to part with at the time? You know, what players or sets? So I, I could not get enough of Cal Ripken. And I mean, still even 30 years later, 25 years later, I'm a diehard Ripken fan. I have every card of his that I bought as a 13-year-old uh, still. I've got you know my autographs. I've got the Cal Ripken's Wheaties boxes. I've got the Coca-Cola bottles. I've got uh, everything Ripken. So he was my guy. And, uh, and I still to this day pick up stuff of his that I think is cool. 
I did though also collect just basic top sets. You know, I, I, at first I was like, let me see if I can get every set from my birth year to the present. And then I knocked that out pretty quickly. And then I said, well, let me see if I can go back to 1975 and then 1970. And then pretty soon I was like working on 1952 tops. And, uh, that was a real thrill. It's awesome. Um, so do you still collect or is it just kind of time wise, more, more of a wish than, than, than a reality? Well, I, I jokingly tell people I have the best collection in the world, you know, <laughs> every time I have an auction, right? I mean, REA has been very fortunate to handle T206 Honors Wagners and Baltimore News Ruths and Babe Ruth Bats and Mickey Mantle jerseys. I mean, we've handled a, a, a significant number of great items. The $6.6 million Honus Wagner passed through my hands. So um, I do still collect. Um, I think people would be surprised to realize that I collect non-sports items. So I've started collecting coins and currency and some historical uh, pieces that I find interesting because I still get that that thrill of the chase that that got me started, you know, 25, 30 years ago. It's interesting you said that I've talked to a number of people who have been in the hobby or the industry for a while, and uh, a lot of people are branching out still in collecting, but but changing their collecting patterns or habits. So I wonder if we all, you know, over the last couple of years burnt out a little bit on what we've been doing for 20 or 30 years. Uh, you know, for me, it's just like uh, we've got five 52 tops mantles coming up in our spring auction. You know, right. it's like, even though I have one and I've got obviously mantle right over my shoulder um, you know, we're, we're very fortunate to, to get to handle a lot of incredible material. Um, and so I, I wanted another challenge, you know, uh, and that's what drew me to some of these other collectibles. And for those of you listening on audio, it's a picture of the 52 mantle. It's not actually Mickey himself on the wall. So uh, just to clarify, uh, one of the things that I find interesting for anybody who, who does this is I don't know that the public understands how much work is done behind the scenes. Yeah. I mean, listen, it's really cool to come on here and talk about all the you know, great items, but I, the process and, and, and the machine and the mechanism to bring something um, out of, you know, wherever it is and, and bring it to, to auction or bring it to the public. Uh, can you talk a little bit about, you know, if somebody comes to you with an item and it's an item that you deem worthy for your auction, can you talk about just from a, you know, documentation, uh, you know, write up, f you know, figuring out which auctions, I mean, the whole process and all the decisions uh, that you have to do uh, and when you work with clients? Yeah. So, I mean, the, the answer really depends on, on the, the nature of the person and the relationship they have with the items that they're bringing to us, right? So at REA, we certainly serve a number of um, sellers from within the hobby. I mean, these are people that know the, the goings on of the business and they know how auctions work and, and what their stuff is worth. We also work with a number of people that have inherited items or found items or stumbled across items and, and they just don't know anything about them. So in those instances, it's highly educational on the front end for us, right? We're telling them what they have, making sure they feel comfortable that we're telling them the truth. We're showing them comps. We have a phenomenal auction archive that that has full of hundreds of thousands of items that we've sold in our, in our uh, lifetime, so to speak. Um, and so that's where we're starting. We are then figuring out if it's a good fit for us. And so value is a big determination for us. Sure. 
Sure. Um, we're communicating to that that to the client. We're making sure that that's in line with their expectations. So we tell people we're as much in the managing expectations business as we are in the selling baseball cards business. Um, but then once we're all kind of on the same page, we let them know where we think it's going to fit. We've got three main catalog auctions, spring, summer, and fall. We've got seven monthly encore auctions. That's something that we've introduced within the last couple of years um, where we can sell stuff very quickly for people. Um, and then, you know, we, we send them an agreement and it outlines who they are and who we are and what we're <clears throat> agreeing to do for them. Uh, make sure that it's insured while it's in our possession. We get it into our facility and then that's where the fun part starts. You know, we're, we're researching it. We're maybe sending items out for authentication. We're preparing the description, the copy, we're doing all the photography and, you know, ultimately all this comes to fruition in a six or 700 page full color catalog that we put out for these big catalog auctions. But to your point, a, a lot has gone on uh, in the lead up to that. And, you know, I, I just for people listening, you can always sign up for one of those catalogs just to kind of see what that that final version looks like. We have sign up form on our website. But um, yeah, I mean, nine or 10 people might touch an item in our process. Um, but between the initial phone call sure. and getting it in the catalog. So it's fun. Everybody here loves that, that research and exploration phase. Um, and you never know what's going to be on the other side of the phone call. And you really become the steward of, uh, you know, for, for, for the owner and for, and for the item. And, and obviously somebody who, who is an advanced collector and, and, and you have a relationship with is a different situation. But for somebody, you know, like you said, there, there should be, you know, a value that, that every auction house is comfortable with. But if somebody says, listen, I've got, you know, I've, I've got that picture on a baseball card in my closet of that 52 mantle, you know, but I don't know. It's pretty beat up. I don't want to embarrass myself. You know, what's the best way for you guys to get information? Is it for me as a private broker? I just love pictures. Nobody, people can never send too many pictures. Is that, is that true for you guys? Just feel free to reach out and send pictures. Absolutely. I mean, they say a picture is worth a thousand words for a reason, right? So yeah, I mean, we have on our website, these uh, estimate and, and appraisal forms where people can submit pictures to us. And then we can tell very quickly whether or not it's a reproduction, whether or not it's something worth pursuing, whether or not it's a, uh, you know, something that's just not a fit for us. So yeah, we encourage people to go to our website. It's robertedwardauctions.com and fill out that form, send us your pictures. And then we've got people with decades of experience on the other end that'll make heads and tails of what you have and, uh, and, and let you know if you're sitting on a gold mine. One of the reasons that I think your background is interesting is you did not go straight, obviously, from eBay to uh, President of Robert Edwards. Uh, can you talk about within within the hobby, within the industry, you, you've got a little bit of diverse training um, in, in, in grading and in you know the, the auction uh, field. Can you tell people a little bit about what led you to wanting to take this position? Because this is not a part-time job. I know this is 24-7, and it would be more if there was more hours. So uh, right. what, what kind of sickness in your head said, you know, yeah, let me take this on. Um, you know, what, what's, what's the background there in the hobby? Yeah. The sickness is the collector bug that we all have, yep. right? <laughs> exactly. All afflicted. So, you know, I, I went to college thinking that I was going to be an investment banker. I have a degree in finance. I have a minor in accounting and I was convinced that I was going to be an investment banker. And I thought that I will, would always just collect kind of on the side personally, as I always did. Um, I guess 
fortunately for me, I graduated at a time where the the economy was in recession, uh, jobs were disappearing, and people weren't hiring positions that I was interested in. And so I had um, obviously familiarity with the hobby, and I was thankfully in close proximity to SGC. And so I was able to get an internship with SGC and proved my worth, realized that I really thought I could see value for me and for them in, uh, in doing something together. And then um, turned it into a full-time job. I was at SGC for over three years. I represented them at trade shows all over the country. I met a lot of people. I saw what it was like to work in and, and, and manage a small business. Uh, I bolstered my card knowledge by a factor of a thousand. And, uh, and I loved it. I did always miss the buying and selling though. And, you know, there were certain, as you can appreciate, restrictions when you're working for a grading company about, uh, you know, how you maybe buy and sell. Um, and so I said, let me, let me, let me just take a pause from this grading and authentication side and see what I can do. And so I left and I started my own auction company. Uh, at that time, it was 2010. And really, there was only the the highest end auction houses that were producing these catalogs and eBay. There was really nobody that was providing an auction house experience for the in-between, you know? I, I only laugh because I remember those yeah. days very well. Yep. Yep. That was the landscape. It was like, you either do it yourself or you have a $100,000 item. And there were a lot of people that were caught in that in-between. And so I started a website. I started an auction platform that was devoted to giving that auction house experience to collectors who maybe had a hundred dollar item or a thousand dollar item and uh, uh, ran 13 auctions on that platform before I caught the attention of REA and ultimately sold my business and joined REA uh, as a consignment director. And so I was in charge of um, bringing material in for the REA auctions, writing up descriptions, working with clients. And I did that for a number of years before I had the opportunity to take over as president and I, I just adore every day of it. Talk about the challenges of actually procuring um, good quality auction items. 10 years ago, peak of the pandemic, I think when a lot of people were digging through closets and hearing it in the news that they can cash in. Um, and now uh, where I've seen, you know, for me personally, it's obviously the stuff's not coming out like the pandemic. Um, but I am still seeing strong vintage and, and, and that stuff still, still being liquid and moving. Uh, can you talk about kind of just that curve of acquiring items over the last 10 years or so? Yeah. So I would say technology has really played a role in how all that's evolved, you know, so we're able to keep in communication with our clients much more frequently, uh, through a variety of different channels. Social media obviously has allowed us to be kind of omnipresent in, in this world, um, where 10 years ago, these weren't, these weren't things that you could do regularly during the pandemic. We had to adjust as everybody did. And, you know, we shifted to sending checks electronically, sending uh, contracts electronically. That really ultimately revolutionized our business and allowed us to move much more quickly for, for clients. The pandemic brought out tremendous stuff without, without a doubt, but you know, we've been very fortunate that that trend, at least for REA, has continued. Um, we actually have a very cool feature on our website. We call it Consigner Stories, where we tell the stories behind some of these items and some of these consignments that come to us. And you'll find by reading them that sometimes it's, you know, a 50-year collection where the timing's just right. Like you've, you've gotten everything that you could get. 
Sometimes it's a space issue. You know, we tell a story about how we we took eight pallets of unopened boxes from <laughs> Iowa to New Jersey, you know, and then other times it's still people that are finding stuff. You know, we're going to uh, in the next couple of weeks, we're going to tell a story about a consigner in Spain that found six figures worth of rare baseball cards uh, through cool. his network. We're going to tell the story of a consigner in Australia that discovered a card we've never seen before. So, you know, that's uh, that's the cool thing about what we do. Yeah, maybe it ebbs and flows, but reputationally, we're very fortunate that REA has got this great reputation for the best of the best and helping people maximize their value. And uh, And we get to do it every day. Well, we call that a professional tease. You have uh, coming up uh, April 6th uh, through the 23rd, if I please correct me if I'm wrong on those dates. Uh, is it the April uh, spring auction? Yeah, or spring catalog auction. Spring yep. catalog auction. Can you explain what that is different than some of the other auctions? Yeah, so we, we run a 10 auction schedule. Three of them are these premier catalog auctions where we put out that full color catalog uh, auction. That's generally going to be for our highest value items. Uh, now, that's not to say that our monthly auctions don't have high value items. I mean, we've sure. sold a, a $612,000 Michael Jordan Fleer PSA 10 rookie in one of our monthly auctions. Uh, and we have tremendous items of all values in those auctions. But the, the spring catalog auction that's launching April 6th We'll have over 3,600 items in it, and there's going to be great variety. It's going to be all sorts of sports and non-sports. You know, we're known for vintage baseball, but you're going to turn the pages and you're going to see basketball and football and hockey. We've got Pokemon cards in there. We've got a rare Yu-Gi-Oh card in there. You know, so our big driver is value and what can we present to our collectors that they're, that they're going to love. Um, so we're very excited about it. We've got tremendous material. We've got a Koufax rookie in a nine, a Clemente rookie in a nine that last sold for a million bucks. Uh, we've, we're breaking up a leaf set in all sevens and eights. I mean, really remarkable items. I will say it's a lot of fun to go through the catalogs. Um, and, and I highly encourage people, like you said before, to, to get a catalog. Uh, I have found that I, I really enjoy looking at the stuff I can't afford, but I always inevitably find a hidden treasure somewhere, uh, in the auction. Um, and so that, that's one of my, I think the best secrets, uh, for finding some really cool stuff, uh, is really going through, uh, all the pages and, you know, go, going deep on the list. Uh, but the, the, the stuff you just talked about is unparalleled. I mean, that stuff is just fantastic. Yeah, um, we're excited. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say. So explain uh, how an auction works over if so if it's April 6th to 23rd. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, you know, most people think of the old fashioned, everybody's in a room, you know, today's auction, if people have not participated, what is that process actually? What do they need to do in advance, if anything? And, and yeah. how does that work? Yeah, so we're we're 100% online. So there's no in-person component. There's no everybody in a room raising their paddles. There's nobody calling an auction, so to speak. So April 6th, we'll launch at noon and we'll start taking bids from all over the world. We've got clients all around the world, two dozen plus countries, and we'll take in over 100,000 bids between the 6th and the 23rd. Um, if you're not registered with us, you need to go to our website, robertedwardauctions.com, sign up. We'll approve you to bid. If you want to bid at a really high level, we'll ask you some maybe more detailed questions, yep. but we'll get you in the mix. We'll send you a catalog. You'll get on all of our email lists and then you'll place your qualifying bids. And so in our model, you need to kind of state your intention uh, before the final day. And then on the final day, you'll be 
uh, eligible to participate in what we call extended bidding. And during extended bidding, you'll compete against everybody else that's qualified on that given item until uh, people stop bidding and somebody's declared a winner. So it's very exciting. It's uh, exciting for buyers. It's exciting for sellers too, because the number can only go up. So it's, uh, it's a, a lot of fun, but it's all online, which people I think are sometimes surprised by. And can you watch auctions um, even if you're not bidding on them? Can you follow them? Yeah. So every item's visible in our auction, whether it's a card or a ticket that we've got graded or great original photography. I mean, we've got uh, Babe Ruth photos and Jackie Ruth, uh, excuse me, Jackie Robinson photo, Shoeless Joe Jackson, Josh Gibson photos. I mean, whatever the item, you can go to our website, you can check it out, you can follow, you can build a watch list, you can bid, you can, you can participate or not participate. Uh, we just want you to see the great stuff we have. Fantastic. So we're going to take a big rewind here. I am sports Balt is my handle. The Balt is for Baltimore. Um, you happen to mention you have an affinity for a certain former shortstop. And uh, I, 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 I'm, I'm dying to geek out a little bit on, on Ripken with you. Uh, how did you become a, a, a Ripken fan? And uh, f- feel free to geek out on cards as much as possible. Uh, do you have any of the uh, police uh, Charlotte cards or... Uh, which, I don't. Which, which, no. Okay. I mean, I'm obviously familiar with them. We've sold a number of them throughout the years. Uh, we've sold complete sets. We've sold the 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 WBTV and the you know the blues and the oranges. I never added one to my collection. But 1992 was the first year I collected Topps cards, and okay. for some reason, I mean, you'll probably remember Ripken in that set is pictured sitting along uh, alongside Lou Gehrig's plaque. And I just remember being struck by it. I just remember, you know, there's a silhouette around the two of them. And I just thought it was a really cool card. It's a horizontal card. I just really liked it. And so I bought a, a card holder with a, a spot for a ball. And I had a Cal Ripken, you know, image baseball. And I had it on my shelf until I was probably 18 years old. Um, but throughout that time, you know, I grew up in New York. My grandmother always had Yankees games on the Orioles and the Yankees were always playing each other. Yep. And I was rooting for the Yankees unless Cal Ripken was playing them. And I got down to Camden yards and I had just a great experience. And, and uh, you know, I thought Ripken played the game, right. You know, I thought that Ripken was of great character. I thought he was obviously of great skill. I thought he was obviously of great endurance. Um, and I thought he was a really admirable, admirable guy. So much so that I got the opportunity to go to a a speech that he was giving uh, when he was doing a book tour. And, you know, he speaks for an hour and and the the presenter says, "Okay, you know, there's going to be no autographs. And of course, (laughs) microphone, everybody runs to get his autograph. I joined the fray and I'm reaching my hand up and over. And uh, he's like, what do you want me to sign? I said, I just want I just want to shake your hand. And he looked at me like, you're nuts. And right. now back in my head, I'm like, well, I've got a little bit more information than the average guy. I know your signature is worth 50 bucks. Like I'm not right. worried about it, but I was just, I truly just wanted to shake the guy's hand. So, right. you know, that's kind of how I got into Ripken. I still admire him to this day. I think he's hugely charitable. He does a lot of work with youth baseball. Um, so yeah, that's my story. Well, I, you don't need to sell me. I, I, I am a Ripken historian f- f- fan. Um, my favorite stat, and you might know this, but I'll share it for everybody listening and watching, is his tops three-player rookie card is actually an error card. Uh, Jeff Schneider's birthday is wrong. 
Um, so that that is uh, something that people don't know. It's an uncorrected error. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, I just heard love that. It. Poor Jeff Schneider. <laughs> no respect. <laughs> I mean, Bob Bonner, at least, you know, people talk about, but, you know, Jeff, they didn't even correct the birthday. Yeah. yeah. So uh, did you get to see Cal play in person at the end of his career in, in, in the 90s? I did. So I, I, my, my parents took me on a pilgrimage to Camden Yards in one of his final seasons. And so I got to, I got to do that. Uh, I went to eh, one or two Yankees games growing up against the Orioles. Um, but you know, that, that was really extent of it. He was on Sunday night baseball on ESPN every once in a while. I watched his all-star game appearances, but, um, you know, I did, I did get to see him once at Camden. Well, I guess one of the reasons I'm asking is I'm a big supporter of the Babe Ruth Museum in Baltimore, and we always like when visitors can make it there. And recently, they've obviously had the Ruth News American card there. Uh, I don't know if you've ever been to the Babe Ruth Museum. Um, Have you? Yeah, I have. Uh, I think the National was in Baltimore in maybe 2012. So it's been a while, but that's when I was. Good memory, yeah. Um, It is fantastic. They're doing a great job over there. Uh, I just think it's interesting, the parallels between Baltimore and New York that cross so often with Ripken and Gehrig, yep. Ruth, Ruth being a Baltimore, you know, and, and being known as a Yankee. And it, 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 the Joe Namath, the, the rivalry in the 69 Mets and, and that, that New York-Baltimore parallel. Yep. Um, so I, I'm glad to hear that you have an open mind to Ripken. That, that, that shows you're a true sports fan, so I appreciate it. Well, like you see it, right? Right, exactly. So, okay, so moving forward, we've got the April auction. Uh, what else should people be looking for? Where will REA be if people want to come, maybe bring items in person? Um, do you go to shows? Can they uh, meet you there? Absolutely, yeah. So we have a show coming up next weekend in the uh, it's the Philadelphia Sports Collectors Show in Oaks, Pennsylvania. We're going to be in Chantilly, Virginia at the end of this month, uh, early April. We set up in Boston. We set up in Long Beach, California, Dallas, Houston. And then obviously we have a very big setup at the National. So we love meeting people. We love at all these shows, we show off upcoming auction highlights. We can accept items in person. We can give appraisals um, and we can just talk sports. You know, everybody that works here is a, a sports fan. So um, we definitely encourage people to meet us wherever possible. Oh, that, that's awesome. And, and should they contact you in advance uh, before if they're bringing items to you? So they're welcome to, uh, you know, uh, we, we kind of set up at these shows with the expectation that something great might walk through the door. But if you want to reach out again, we have that, that, uh, appraisal form and that contact form on our website. You can drop us an email. We're info at Robert Edward auctions.com you can reach out on social media. There's a lot of different ways that you can get up, uh, get in touch with us, or you can just show up. We're, we're going to be there. Okay. So as we wrap up here and we look forward to t- 2023, um, what are you excited about for the hobby and the industry looking forward to this year? And where do you think kind of some of the uh, choppier waters or, or let me just say change will come from the most? Yeah. I mean, I think we're in for a lot of change and I'm, I'm excited by it. Right. So change has a negative connotation sometimes, but I think that, um, you know, we're going to see increased technology. We're going to see new exciting technologies. Fanatics is entering the fray with some of these live shopping and they, they purchase tops. It'll be interesting to see where all that shakes out. The hobby's getting notoriety through, you know, filmmakers like Adam Sandler even, right? Yep. So it'll be fun to see kind of the light that all that's portrayed in. As far as what excites me, obviously all that, but I, I'm really excited by what we're going to be bringing to the table. We've got this spring auction coming up. A lot of cards in there that haven't been sold in a very long time. You know, so it'll be exciting to see what we've got a 32 U.S. Caramel Babe Ruth and a PSA 8 
Ooh. hasn't sold in many years. What's that going to sell for? We've got a, a photo of Jackie Robinson from 1947, two days after he broke the color barrier. What's wow. that going to sell for? Wow. You know, we've got an Alcindor rookie and a nine. What's that going to sell for? That Clemente last sold for a million thirty-five thousand dollars. Can that go over seven figures again? We've got over 480 uh, unopened packs and boxes and cases, you know, and that's an area of the hobby that's really gotten a lot of fire underneath it lately. So I'm excited by the great items that we have. I'm excited by our auction schedule. And I'm excited about what people continue to bring us. You know, like I said earlier, we never know what's going to be on the other end of a phone call. And that's what keeps us doing it. Well, fantastic. Uh, Brian, I want to thank you so much for coming on and uh, sharing, you know, your information as an expert in, in not just the hobby, but really in, in helping people out. And um, I, I've know so many people that have just spoken your praises and, and just sit, speak the world of you guys. So uh, really appreciate it and, and glad to have you on. No, I appreciate the opportunity. Always good to talk sports and cards. Absolutely. And as everybody knows, I don't do an outro, so I'm going to say thank you. And have a good one.